Also, there's the time in Mission Impossible Fallout where Henry Cavill reloads his fists. <laughs> yes. Welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. This is episode number 17. I'm Derek Liu. And I'm Rick Thomas. And this week, we decided that we're going to talk about trailer sound design and sound effects. It's this really unique style of sound design that a lot of people probably don't even really think about. But if it wasn't there in a lot of trailers, I think you would definitely notice. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of part of our bread and butter but um it's weird to kind of think back to when we were first aware of it as a thing and how we've kind of grown in our use of it um over the last kind of 10 years i i, I know when i got into the industry probably about 15 years ago everything was um etl sound effects and sound design and i was like oh, okay wow they do like you know i i, I discovered the the um I discovered whooshes and hits and things that I never knew, knew were a thing. Um, and then obviously, like, the amount of libraries that have um, popped up since then are, are hundreds, making amazing, interesting, groundbreaking sound design. And Etol, you mean Robert Etol, the sound designer, composer? Yes. Beyond just not knowing about trailer sound effects, you may not realize there are just tons and tons of companies that make these sound effects to use in trailers and in some cases uh, get licensed on a case-by-case basis and have to be entered into music cue sheets where they say, like, we used two seconds of this boom or this whoosh or this sound effect. Like, I don't know exactly how much the, the cost is to license, but there are a lot of libraries that just, their career is just making these sound effects to use in trailers. Yeah, I, it's a lot of library companies that do uh, music as well, because uh, I think music pays a little bit better than just a kind of individual sound design. So they'll make kind of pods of sound effects or, or cues, and then you can use the stems of those cues as well but um yeah it's those kind of big library companies who who also do a lot of sound design when was the first time that you realized just how much sound there was in the trailer was it when you got your job or just watching trailers can you anything that you remember no i mean i had no idea before i got into the industry and then probably when i started editing and i looked at other people's cuts and um would do cut downs of what they did and kind of had to reverse engineer okay they've done that and speaking to editors who kind of trained me and and showed me what they done um, I kind of realized the ways that you could use these individual kind of signature sounds to do things because there are categories that these things fit into uh, sound effects that are kind of more common and there are specific things that you do with them in a trailer style I don't remember exactly when I realized just how much sound design there is in a trailer but I do remember early on when Apple had their movie trailer website first open um, and I was, of course, just downloading every single trailer that I could. Um, I remember, I f- oh, I forget which trailer it was. There was one trailer where they messed up the sound export. So the sound effects track was on the left channel and then everything else was on the right. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the trailer sound effects, but like clean. <laughs> and I-, I think I saved them somewhere just cause like, oh, this is like the mother load. Except, you know, it's a two-minute trailer, so there wasn't actually that much stuff on it. And the first time um, I met a trailer editor, like professional movie trailer editor, was when I was a teaching assistant at a class at in college. I remember none of the students had any questions for him. And the first thing I asked, I was like, where do you get your sound effects? And he's like, sound effects libraries. I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> I, must, I, I must know about these things. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny because it was definitely something when I kind of worked in the first couple of years that I worked when I was working in international in London, it wasn't something that clients necessarily liked to have to pay for because you're already probably paying a lot of money for the music. So it's kind of hard to justify 50 sound effects. They'll go, oh, do, do you really need all of these? And then you'd have to strip it out and kind of use stuff that was already cleared or use stuff that was free and done by composers with a blanket license. And it was only really when I came to the States, um, well, twofold, I would see work that was done by the states and i could hear the amazing sound design or i'd get their files and go oh my god they've got 50 tracks of amazing sound design here or and when i came over to work here the toolbox was much bigger because clients were more prepared to pay for sound design and they were always looking for kind of world-class stuff so they were happy to kind of spend the money on that and all of a sudden i was able to kind of use all of this stuff that previously i'd had to kind of rein in because it was expensive i remember one time i did the trailer for london has fallen and because i played the music it was london bridge has fallen down which obviously there's no copyright on the song and then i played the song on the piano myself so there was basically no little to no music cost for the client and because of that they cleared all the sound design i was just amazed i was like yes i don't mind that i'm not getting paid for the music because i can use all of this amazing sound design that previously they'd say well i'm not you know we're not going to pay for this Yeah, so why don't we just, we can just go through some of the, the common sound effects that are used because one of the problems that I think that I had early on when I wanted to make my own trailers was just not knowing what things are called. And I only really learned that from just working in the industry and then working with sound libraries. Um, so there are certain things that if you just look them up in sound effects libraries, you're more likely to find these very, very specific trailer sounds. Yeah, I think probably the... The most specific to trailer thing that go to that's probably in every single trailer. I mean, there's a lot of these that are in every single trailer, but I would say something that's kind of unique to trailer would be a whoosh. Yes. And whoosh can just, there's so many iterations upon a whoosh. Uh, you know, it can sound like it's like a computery sort of one. It can sound airy. It can sound like a jet plane. It could have like a hit integrated into it so it could be like a whoosh hit so it's like or something like that <laughs> are we just whoosh. gonna like act out the sound effects for this whole thing i think we should you want to give your best impression of a certain whoosh that you're thinking about right now oh yeah like you say there's just so many but um i kind of whoosh to hit like an e a robert etoll swish too it's kind of go that's not <laughs> it at all that's terrible <laughs> but um but yeah a classic kind of Basically, yeah, something whooshing by you is the general kind of theory. So it can be like, um, you can have whips as well. So you get something that kind of, uh, so you imagine a kind of chord whipping or um, a lot of kind of cartoon sound effects or, or it used to be on every kind of whip transition, push transition in, the, in comedy trailers back in the day would have a kind of... Sometimes now it's kind of paired with punches for uh, for those kind of sound effects. But yeah, a whoosh is probably the most used is a whoosh that kind of is a hit. And it's something that kind of says, here's something coming and here's the big kind of hit. I've been poisoned with some kind of Chinese synthetic. You've got to do something for me, dog. 
They gave you the Beijing cocktail. It's cutting off your adrenaline. If you stop, you die. And that can be used for cards, to start music cues, to finish music cues. That's something that I kind of learned early in my career was use a whoosh where the hit kind of comes the beat after where your music's supposed to end to stop a music cue that doesn't have its own end. Let the plate sonic! Let the pitcher's mound also sonic! Yeah, I think a good way to think about how to use wishes is it's basically something that's carrying you from one point of the trailer to the next. Like, if you think about uh, maybe a music cue having some sort of anticipation built into it, I'd say the the whoosh sound effects are the ones where, you, you know, you're going down to the fractions of a second of anticipation. Yeah, it's a very quick thing. And if it was kind of slightly longer, then it would fall into other categories of risers or suckbacks or things like that. It's a very kind of quick impact, something flying by you kind of thing. Yeah, so if sound has emotion, it is probably some sort of wish. The thing that is moving is going to determine how that sounds. But a lot of times it's just up to your imagination because we're dealing with things that don't actually have sound. Uh, sometimes they're just like edit types or something like that. Um, you mentioned another one that's a really big one is um, the rise. Or also called risers sometimes. I don't know if one's more used more prolifically than the other one. Yeah, it's interesting. I was chatting to a, a trader editor who I know who has been working in the industry a long time and kind of was in the industry before Rises existed hmm. and said, you know, you used to get the kind of, there's a bit and I think the Beatles, a day in the life where everything kind of goes, Whoa. And that they would take that and use that as inspiration and send it to libraries and say, hey, can you kind of do something like this when it when it didn't really exist? Oh, that's so cool. As a concept. <laughs> um, because it is a very, again, it's a very kind of trailery thing. And um, do you want to describe what it is? Yeah, I mean, Arise, it doesn't necessarily have to be musical, but it's just some sort of anticipation. They're, they're, one good way to make some is to just take something with a lot of impact and just reverse it. So for example, a common one is to take a cymbal hit and then just reverse it. So instead of it becomes and it has that sort of metallic quality to it or maybe like a gunshot you could reverse. So if, if you think about like the waveform of a gunshot, it has a really big impact at the beginning and then it trails out. But if you reverse it, then of course the trail goes bigger and bigger and bigger until the impact at the end. You can use that to just build anticipation for the, the next thing. It's interesting. It's probably semantics, but I would call that a suckback because I think a suckback is definitely that kind of thing where it's like a reversed impact and you kind of get the sense of it kind of... And especially like at the tail, you wouldn't suck back to a hit. It's definitely a kind of reversed thing and they tend to be if a whoosh is two seconds then a suck back tends to be kind of four or five seconds before the title and a rise i would say can be you know 30 seconds before a thing and it's this very kind of gradual build so i wouldn't say i would say that normally they're so long that it wouldn't necessarily be a reverse thing because 
the reverberation of something would never be 30 seconds and it wouldn't have the kind of levels of what a rise does. I would describe a rise as a, imagine a kind of jet engine, and there are jet engine rises, something kind of powering up and it goes and it gradually, and it kind of, sometimes it does it with pitch, but sometimes it can be a constant pitch and it's just the kind of volume and intensity that increases. There are orchestral rises where a kind of choir will gradually get louder and more intense as they go. Um, there are musical rises, uh, literally with instruments. There's kind of band tuning up rises. But that kind of jet engine getting more intense, saying, hey, we're coming to the end of something and everything's getting more and more intense is, is probably the most common. What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? And it's something that's kind of genre agnostic. It can be in comedy trailers, it can be in horror trailers, thriller, action. Probably every single trailer that gets made has some form of rise. Yeah, there, there are definitely some rises that can cross genres. But there are some, when they start adding very sound design elements into it, it could sound like very science fiction or horror-like. Um, and yeah, like you could just, it could just literally be a bunch of people in a chorus going like, Oh! <laughs> And then it reverbs out. Yeah, there's uh, there's also kind of things like flutter rises, things that are more kind of cues, things that have a kind of helicopter sound or kind of yeah, like yeah. One thing I really like there's moss landing has some button rises which are real kind of for that moment in a trailer where you're like hey we're not going to do that thing and then there's a hit and a kind of and then they're doing the thing and it's action 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 boom so kind of a quick kind of whereas a, the rises we're talking about might be over kind of 10 to 30 seconds this is a very quick kind of like here's a hit and like whoa here's some action and we're done yeah and like functionally the rise just it's just a way to sort of unconsciously make the audience sort of sit at the edge of their seat or just feel like there's this anticipation building in their chest that uh, you know only some sort of musical hit or explosion will uh, release. It is one of those things that I didn't really think about uh, at all um, when I was just watching trailers before I actually worked in trailers. Um, but now it's it's really hard to miss. Like pretty much watch the you know last fifteen seconds of a really big action trailer. There's probably going to be either a musical or maybe sound effects rise underneath all of that. In a lot of cases. Matt Damon is Jason Bourne. But it is kind of subconscious as well. It's something you don't notice because it works in conjunction with the music and the drums and the hits and the dialogue and the shots and it just communicates a feeling and you don't notice it. And if you do notice it, then it's not necessarily working as as well. The best kind of sound design is, is either stuff that kind of just subtly communicates something or helps you along with something or something that overtly unsettles you or calls attention to itself. I feel like when I was first getting super into trailers, uh, not necessarily just for work, but just because of the Apple QuickTime website, that around, say, you know, early 2000s, um, 
I feel like a lot of trailer sound design was a lot more in your face back then than maybe it is right now. I feel like maybe because people have been editing trailers for so long or there have been so many trailers that uh, they want to maybe be more subtle in some cases. Like uh, you were mentioning the new trailer for the Black Widow movie, which at first impression, uh, I was thinking to myself, oh, there isn't that much sound design in it. But then you said you wanted to specifically talk about it for this episode. So what did you notice? Yeah, that came out this week and I wanted to just kind of pick a current action movie. And obviously there's different sound design in drama and comedy and everything, but there are a lot of kind of the same things that you would use for sound design in every trailer and I think Black Widow isn't a particularly kind of overt use of sound design but it is a kind of common use of sound design in certain bits so there, yeah there were bits that I wanted to kind of pick out individually um, so if you listen at the very top of the trailer there's a, a kind of sub hit uh, so hits isn't something we've talked about but a hit is kind of we were talking about whooshes that kind of whoosh up to a hit but a hit is kind of like a drum basically uh, and you get mid hits that are kind of more kind of snarey taiko-y kind of thing and then you get sub hits that are kind of deep cavernous hits or metal hits which are more like a hammer hitting an anvil kind of thing yeah when I mean, we're talking about mid sub we're just talking about like audio frequencies basically and that's actually a good marker for sound design as well, um, using this to kind of jump off to, to other things. Something that works really well with sound design is doing different frequencies at the same time. So you'll get a kind of high-end hit, but also a kind of sub-deep hit at the same time. So you're kind of hitting those different frequencies and those different speakers in the theatre, which is something that works really well in trailer sound design. You won't just put that one hit in, you'll put a couple in and hit those different frequencies but there's definitely a kind of hollow sub hit at the start of this trailer which is probably every trailer in existence and i know i definitely do it at the start of every trailer that i cut as a kind of like hey the green card's finished or you know the logos are done and we're kind of announcing the start of the trailer now and then about six seconds in there's a kind of shing sound effect uh that kind of takes you into the flashbacks so it's kind of metally i used to have nothing um, and it kind of something about it kind of says flashback um, at about 10 seconds into the trailer there's a gunshot but it's not just a gunshot it's a trailer gunshot so the gunshot I think is the foley of a gunshot probably not necessarily the gun that's actually firing it's probably just a generic kind of gunshot um, I think there's a low hit in there too as well to emphasize it and there's a, a kind of suck whoosh into that gunshot as well so if you listen to it you know it's not just nothing and then gunshot it's kind of like hey there's a gunshot coming and it's because we're in this kind of flashbacky uh type section but i think that's something you would probably do a lot anyway at the end of that kind of flashback section there's a rumble at about 15 seconds as the kind of intensity increases and then i got this job There's a rise from there to kind of 15 seconds to 19 seconds to take you out of that intro. And there's a kind of breathy suck back at 19 seconds. And then it kind of goes to um, a pulse. And then when there's a shot of a train, there's a kind of Tycho drum hit. And I don't know whether that's in the music or it's something that's been kind of done separately. But every kind of shot that comes along has a kind of hit alongside it. And because it's a pulse, I imagine that that's just a kind of 
boom, 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 boom pulse that's going and the hits are kind of put in by the editor, potentially. I heard you had to leave in a hurry. It's never easy these days. Yeah, like that sort of like... Yes, yeah, that's kind of that bit kind of felt musical to me. And then when she bumps into Florence Pugh, Widow... Um, there's a uh, a bass drop, which is a very kind of controversial um, <laughs> thing in trailer sound design. Um, I believe there's an editor producer called Doug Brandt who kind of introduced the the sub drop rumble by saying, you know, I'm going to do kind of the opposite of a rise. It's instead of going kind of whoop, it's going to go. It's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle. You. And uh, he did a lot of work on the Transformers films, and I kind of feel that, you know, about 10 years ago on those, that's kind of where that came from. Um, and it's kind of done r- less rarely now because it's definitely kind of in, in line with the Inception Brahm. It's kind of become a meme that that's what all traders do. But it can be very effective, and this one's quite low in the mix, and I think there's other stuff going on at the same time. But it does communicate that kind of like, hey, here's something you should pay attention to now. I know you're out there. I know you know I'm out here. So we're going to talk like grown-ups? Is that what we are? After that, at about 54 seconds into the trailer, there is a breathy whoosh. There's something, there's a sound effect called the behind you rise, which is in probably 80% of trailers, which is a kind of horror. It's a kind of someone taking a breath as a kind of like... Or like... Yeah, this one's actually a bit higher. In fact, there's kind of one later in the trailer where uh, Florence asks Scarlett Johansson, what brings you home? And then there's a kind of really avert breathing noise to kind of say, well, you're about to find out what brings me home. What brings you home? Um, And then there's some really nice kind of rhythmic drum hits and some kind of crunchy foley sound design in here as they're fighting. Uh, which isn't something we've talked about. It's definitely something that if your hits and drum hits are kind of in the lower register, some kind of crunchy, celery, snapping, punchy, glass-smashing sound design will really kind of give you that kind of dynamic sound. There's a couple of moments where everything kind of cuts out just for the kind of swooshes of the fighting. So you've got these big rises, but then you get... loud design to quiet design as well and then there's a section where a kind of you get a motorbike kind of working as a rise when the the final cue kind of ramps up and then like you said kind of at the start when you said you didn't feel necessarily like there was a huge amount of sound design in here i think at the end you just kind of have hits some kind of subtle foley when you're seeing kind of cars falling off things and stuff and also not to mention the kind of Brahms in the music in this as well it's almost a kind of signature sound Uh, which is another thing that's come into sound design started in music probably around the time of inception with these big kind of Brahm noises and now as the trailer libraries kind of extend what they do in sound design it isn't just hits and whooshes and rises and things like that it is kind of these signature sounds which are unlike anything you've heard of so i'd be interested to know whether that is just in the music cue or it's something that's kind of added in as well that kind of high screechy synthy kind of thing that they've got going on yeah that one actually i subscribe to this youtube channel called trailer music weekly and whenever there is some sort of music library cue 
used in a trailer, uh, they post it to their YouTube channel. So those sounds that you're describing are actually from the music queue. Um, there's this music company called Score a Score, and apparently the track is called Replica by an artist named January, except you take out the first A in January. January. Yeah, January. Um, but yeah, so it has these, these, it sounds, you know, like it's treading the line between music and sound where it's like, and it just has this really interesting sound to it that it's just, it sounds very unique um, and gave it a different feel. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that, you know, that um, it's a way of kind of doing something sonically different is getting a, a cue that people hear it and go, oh, well, that's interesting. I haven't kind of heard that before. Um, I should mention that this trailer was cut by Wildcard, um, who did a great job, and I'm very uh, I'm very excited. And um, David Harbour is wearing a red suit again. Yes, <laughs> and being a big, muscly, lovable-looking dude. Actually, here's a question I have for you. If you were to describe to, say, like a new editor or an assistant editor how you decide when something needs some sound design in it, like it could just be a visual or a series of cuts. What do you think you would tell them? I think you've just got to kind of look at what other people are doing because there are examples. It's probably automatic for me that, you know, whenever I'm starting a music cue, I'm going to use something there. When I'm ending a music cue, I'm going to use a kind of rise or a suck back or a hit. Um, You often talk about accents in music where it's kind of a line of dialogue and then you get kind of some action or shot a kind of music up between the lines uh, and your music will be helping but that's definitely a time where you can get some kind of sound design and also you know maybe that's a time where you can kind of drop out of your music cue and just let the sound design work a lot of kind of rhythmic trailers uh do that but yeah it's kind of i guess just look at what everyone else is doing and as we always say you know do what they do but then also try and find ways to subvert it and find interesting other sounds as well you know let's do something different let's go out and record some things on your iphone and put it in the trailer you know i'm vocally i'm always trying to get myself into trailers to kind of i often for folia um i did a trailer for toy story 2 years ago and it had mr potato head walking in a kind of white environment and i didn't have the splits for it so i just got a kind of coffee cup and knocked the coffee cup together and it made the kind of sound of the little plastic feet of mr potato head going oh that's super good i think the way that i think about it is Every now and then I'll be listening to a trailer that I'm working on and just thinking to myself either, wow, there's not a lot of going on in the audio in this one particular section. I just need to, to fill that gap uh, unless that that gap of audio is the whole point of the shot. Or, you know, there's just a lot of things that when they're put in the sort of heightened reality of a trailer just doesn't sound big enough because everything in the trailer sounds huge. So maybe like a, a punch in a movie that sounds totally adequate in that scene just seems like really limp so it just needs to have a a a rise and a hit and maybe a boom put underneath it legends are here for my time i didn't think you'd ever come back for this thing neither did i play by their own rules yeah there are two kind of overt things that I think people kind of drew attention to. And one is uh, in the trailer for Jason Bourne, where he punches someone. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like a punch drop, kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then uh, also there's the time in Mission Impossible Fallout where Henry Cavill reloads his fists. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and these are amazing moments that cut through, but it's kind of so unconventional as to what you were doing, but it's a trailer, so kind of all rules are off. And actually, you, you kind of make a really interesting point about not enough going on in a trailer. And something that I learned early on in my career is dead air isn't something you necessarily want, especially when you want to get to a TV spot. So at any point in a TV spot or a trailer, ideally something is supposed to be happening sonically. So in a sonic trailer, something is supposed to be happen- happening sonically. Ugh, I can't with that guy. You either have a line of dialogue, a line of narration, um, a lyric that you want to poke out of the music, or a sound effect. And uh, you never want kind of dead air where something isn't happening that's that's kind of grabbing your attention. Uh, and sound effects are a really useful thing for that because often they're kind of quick and accenty and grab your attention. The thing that I find most amusing about trailer sound design is that all these completely ridiculous things like Henry Cavill loading his fists or all these wishes and rises that it still works at least to me like I still get excited even though it's super cliche and absolutely ridiculous I think it just it still gets me pumped up and even when I'm talking to people who I'm working with who aren't necessarily trailer editors and I can see the hesitation whenever I put in something that sounds very typical for a trailer but then they just resign themselves like oh it still sounds so cool though when like it cuts to black and it goes to boom or that sort of thing it's just i think just because there's something like physically emotionally satisfying about a lot of these sounds that just like so perfected to this way to be satisfying to watch and listen to yeah it's kind of i guess kind of junk food kind of uh and there's and we're talking about a very kind of you know specific form of sound design as well there is kind of subtle sound design as well trailers are kind of essentially music videos but we have to do a lot of editing we have to get kind of bits of the movie and put them in different places and tell a story and do very kind of quick arcs and changes and shifts in tone and things like that and so you kind of need something other than just the music otherwise it would be very strange so you need to kind of help the music along to do what you need to do to do it in a short form and sound design kind of really helps that because it is immediate and it's quick one thing i'll say about working with trailers and different sound effects libraries is the thing you realize very quickly is how it seems like everyone is in a rush to make sounds that basically sound very similar if not almost exactly similar to things that already exist. I think like the, you know, we talk about movies like Transformers just having this very particular sound design aesthetic to it. There's some websites that I follow, like um, there's a soundeffect.com, which has lots and lots of different libraries. And I'm always just on the lookout for different libraries to see if there's something unique. But I end up hearing a lot of libraries where it just still sounds like the same sort of anvil hits and, you know, transformer punches and bass drops. And the thing that I find myself wanting most are sound effects libraries, which sound more genre agnostic. Because I actually have, I think, very few sounds in my like favorites, which I think, okay, this could fit in a comedy, a drama, or action movie, or science fiction, whereas there are a lot of sounds in libraries are like, okay, this is just for Transformers, um, which could also just be a sign of the types of movies that are coming out. Yeah, everyone's kind of competing to be your kind of go-to library, which is why they're kind of covering all the bases. But um, I think every editor has their go-to sound design that they've just kind of 
organically created as they look at other people's cuts and go, oh, actually, I kind of quite like the sound of that. And all of a sudden you end up using it in everything. I know that happens to me every couple of years. I end up refreshing and I'll start using a new thing and then another thing will drop out of my kind of go-to kind of rotate, uh, my go-to rotation. Um, at the moment, I'm using a lot of a kind of, every trader that I do has a one library specific clap noise in it because it is kind of genre agnostic and it fits in everything because it's a really kind of high pitched hit that really cuts through uh, because it's kind of a reverbed hit it's really kind of crunchy and um, it goes in everything and I'll use that kind of in conjunction with whooshes if people high five or fist bump or anything like that they will get this like this amazing clap sound effect that I, uh, I keep using in everything I think one genre where it's good to kind of go out for the new stuff is horror because I think horror tends to be kind of sparser sound design um, and you're always looking for that kind of new unsettling noise and you don't want to repeat the same noise necessarily because then people will start to kind of preempt it or expect it. You kind of want to keep doing something new and unsettling. So that's why it's great that there's so many people doing amazing horror sound design. Yeah. Yeah, have you got any sound effects that your kind of guilty pleasure go-to? Yeah, I have this one whoosh windmill sound effect that I use pretty much all the time, which I think it's from the Hollywood Edge Sound Designers Toolkit. Um, but it's it's just very, like you said, genre agnostic whoosh, which is just good for transitions of all sorts. And the one thing that made me consider retiring it was um, I was playing the game Tetris Effect, and there's this one particular level, which is all, uh, the background is all windmills. And they use that same exact sound effect for that level. Like whenever you get a Tetris, it plays that sound effect. Because clearly the person who is sound designing Tetris effect had this library and just typed in windmill, which I know because that's the name of the file. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, every time I get a Tetris, I'm hearing the sound effect. And I'm, people are probably going to play this and get familiar with that. And every time they watch a trailer that I made, they're going to hear that. So maybe I can't use it anymore. Yeah, I know I've um, I know I've definitely talked in the po- uh, the pod about um, Moz Landing uh, do a lot of great stuff, and I think I could probably talk about. I think I've previously talked about the fact that Moss Landing suckbacks, and I think they were maybe the first people to do kind of reverse symbol things, is in every single trailer that gets finished, um, and has made a lot of money for the guy. Uh, who designed it but um, they also did some kind of design stuff of uh, and again it's something I've talked about on the podcast before uh, a sound design element called twisting girders which is this low kind of thing and I think you can hear it in one of the Batman Dark Knight teaser trailer sound effect because it is that kind of low Kind of like a rumble because there's a sound effect that you'd use called a credit rumble which is a kind of something is happening kind of sound design and this is that with a kind of high end to low end kind of as if a big girder is twisting and it's kind of twisting metal sound effect but um i don't know whether it's just because i work in the industry or i'd used it a lot myself uh probably on battleship I think the 10th time I heard it after that, I thought, hey, guys, we just need to retire this one now. It's great. But um, the minute you can hear it and identify it, it's time to kind of move on and do something different. 
But the sound design companies are, you know, they're doing different things with that. They're literally, it's like when you look at Star Wars documentaries and you see Ben Burt go out and hit a pylon with a spanner to make the sound of the lightsabers. You know, there are amazing innovators in sound design and we're lucky that sometimes they work with trailers and people will go out and record things uh, and affect them in logic and and create these new kind of sound design and push the push the limits a lot of kind of organic stuff has come out lately where people will record animals and eggs and all of this stuff and and kind of that ends up in trader sound design so there's definitely a lot of people innovating and doing new stuff and also i just want to give a recommendation of some libraries that um i know don't have the type of licensing which requires like paying for every single usage um just because uh, like i said if unless you're really on the hunt for these things you might not know where to look um but one library i use a lot is we're not this is not sponsored by the way these are just places that i use uh if you but though if you want to sponsor us uh <laughs> give us an email um I use a lot of sound effects from Boom Library. They have a lot of just, not just trailer sound effects, like all sorts of sound effects, but they do have some like cinematic or trailer hits type libraries. Um, there's some on uh, the Big Fish Audio website. There's one called like Big Fish Audio Blockbuster Trailer and Big Fish Audio Cinematic Sound Design. And those libraries, those ones are like $50, which is very cheap. Uh, Boom Library ones are usually like a hundred something dollars. Um, Video Copilot also has their Motion Pulse library, which sounds very much like basically everything we've been describing would fit very well into a Transformers trailer. Um, And those are some good places to start, uh, I would say, and are pretty reasonably priced as far as I think sound libraries are concerned. And like I said, um, are not like, you don't have to like license them on an individual basis. Yeah, that's great, because luckily I get to kind of play in the toolbox of these effects that cost, you know, 500 to to $1,000 or, you know, whatever per go. But yeah, if you're doing your own independent stuff, you don't want to do that. So it's great to go to a kind of one-stop shop. I know kind of, I think Bing Bang Boom are another library that do that kind of thing where you can kind of blanket license it out as well. Yeah. And then if you just want to just look out and see if what else is out there, I mean, maybe you know about some libraries that I don't know about, but pretty much just start Googling for, you know, hits, booms, wishes, risers, suckbacks, bass drops, uh, maybe drones, all those sorts of things. Um, But, you know, make sure that you're going to the official websites because, of course, there are going to be places on like YouTube, people just reposting this sort of stuff. Um, and the libraries, because it's their, their work, they, they do have their ways to uh, spot uh, when their sound effects are being used, either manually or some like digital watermark sort of thing in there. Yeah, so be careful. So clear it or, uh, or yeah, don't use it. Pay people for their work. Reach out to us if you've got any kind of questions about sound design or you've noticed any sound design that you want us to talk about. It's a really fascinating part of trailer editing that um, is probably kind of unique to trailer editing and commercial sound design and also the fact that we as editors do it because a lot of uh, in a lot of cases people might just be the music editor or the picture editor or the dialogue editor and the sound design will get done by someone else especially because you know you look at features you get this amazing foley sound design but it's not connected to the music it's not rhythmic so it's probably only in trailers and similar kind of jobs where the sound design is so tied to the music and so specific and it would be the editor who does it because it would be weird i I remember uh years ago when i was first starting out i did a trailer for sunshine 
that and we designed the trailer with a lot of kind of ambient sound design and very subtle foley and stuff and we sent it off to the production house that was making the film they came back and they said all right we'll we'll recreate this and they'd put in the specific foley sound design for every single shot so i think i've talked about this before but even if a shot was 10 frames long it would have a kind of sound design with it but when you listen to it with the music cue because obviously in trailers we're cutting for that 10 frames but the next shot's only 10 frames it's from a completely different reel of the feature it just sounded like this big kind of mishmash of of stuff that wasn't musical at all and the fact was that we were just letting the music drive it and if there was any sound design it was very subtle um and that kind of foley tied to the shots kind of completely threw it out and so that's why that's definitely something that that we do as editors and control freaks yeah it really trailer sound effects you can think about as just like weird percussion track for the trailer at least i think if it's done really well and integrated very tightly with the music and it's something you've talked about before that um where you know if you've got someone firing a gun or a machine gun you want to put those machine gun hits exactly where they would fall musically on the beat even if it doesn't necessarily tie to the shot that's going on because if a machine gun fires and you know we're not hitting every muzzle flash it doesn't really matter because people will kind of get the sense of what's going on yeah uh there's a really interesting example in the antlers trailer uh where uh, the little kid is running his hand across he's running a kind of stick along the grates of a gate and the sound design is totally kind of rhythmic to the music cue but and if you look at it you know the kid isn't at all in sync i think he's he's either doing it slower or faster than the sound but you totally buy it because we're kind of trained to to appreciate things that way Okay, so that's our chat about sound design. As I mentioned, um, feel free to kind of reach out to us if you've got any kind of questions about um, how to do it because, yeah, it's a really important part of what we do. Uh, Next time on The Cutdown, we're going to be talking about our best trailers of the year and maybe even some best trailers of the decade because we're coming up to the to the end and if you want please send us your favorite trailers from the year and we'll talk about them in the next episode um and as always uh, if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review on itunes tell your friends it's the only way that we can really help and grow this podcast get a bigger audience as always you can contact us at cutdown at idlethumbs.net with those questions or comments um, we're on Twitter at CutdownCast, and I am at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. And we're part of the Idle Thumbs Network. And you can also join us on the Idle Thumbs forums if you'd like to discuss this week's episode. And as always, we want to give a thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. And check out their sound design as well. I think they do sound design. If they do, then check it out. And we want to give a thanks to Montage MX for letting us use the Moss Landing sound effects we referenced. Uh, Moss Landing has become Montage MX and has sound design, but also trailer music cues. So check them out. And also thanks to Q Factory by Robert Etoll for allowing us to use some of their sound design. Thanks for listening.